0: Please know that we love you. We're praying for you. And we hope you enjoy this week's message. We believe today that the world could use a little hope a little love, if the world is weary, if the world is in a valley, not just your life in a valley, but the world is in a valley, can I share with you today, there is good news, not only did the Lord come 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas morning and bring hope to the world, one day he's coming back here to this place to once again bring hope, not only to bring hope, but to take you and me with him to heaven forever. Amen? Amen. Oh, we need to write a song about that. There probably is some, I just can't think of it right now. Uh, I love Christmas time. Um, I love the spiritual side of Christmas, I don't love the commercialized Christmas. Um, but I love Christmas because of that reason right there, uh, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. What we see in front of us right now is not the end of the story, amen? Where we're at in the, the, the book of the world, we're just in a chapter, we're not at the end of the book, amen? Because that's the end of the book is when Jesus comes and takes us home with him, Amen, amen, all right. Let's get to the other stuff here. So we've been talking about the uh, armor of God. Uh, by the way, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Um, quick poll question. Uh, are you guys for or against cranberry sauce? Are you for the uh, like the stuff in the can? that looks like jello. Yeah. Me too. I love it so much. Uh, deviled eggs. I'm all for it. Sad story, we were at the beach uh, with Callie's family on Friday celebrating Thanksgiving. Callie's mom made deviled eggs for our lunch on Friday afternoon. Um, She neglected to get the deviled eggs out of the refrigerator during lunch, so we had deviled eggs sitting in the refrigerator that we did not partake in because we did a terrible job at being good hosts to the deviled eggs. Uh, So we neglected them. And left them in the refrigerator. And then I left Friday night, and they enjoyed the deviled eggs Friday night for dinner. Worst Thanksgiving story ever. Okay. So we've been talking about the armor of God. Uh, Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse uh, 10 and going through 18. For the last time for a while, let's let's read these eight verses. and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we have gone through uh, six of the um, of the pieces of the armor of God. We talked about the belt of truth, which is uh, God's word and which is the truth that God is. Um, And it's up to us whether we believe God's truth or whether our belief and our faith is in something else. Uh, We talked about the breastplate of righteousness, how that means right living, how that's our lifestyle. The breastplate protects our heart and our heart leads our life. We talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. We talked about what the gospel was. We talked about the shield of faith and how faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Faith itself is not hoping for something, but faith is the confidence in what we hope for in the Lord. We talked last week about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, if you read through this section that we just read here in Scripture, uh, the sword of the Spirit is the last piece of armor, however... Grammatically, in Paul's writing here in Ephesians when he goes from verse 17 talking about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to verse 18, there is no break there between those two verses. You realize it was years after the word was written. Man, like me and you, we put verses and chapters and stuff in the Bible. When Paul wrote this, he had verses 17 and verse 18 together. So I believe wholeheartedly today that verse 18 is also a part of the spiritual armor, it goes with the spiritual armor. Um, I hope I've done a, a, a good job. Um, if not, I'm going to clear it up right now. But I hope I've done a, a decent job over the past five weeks, um, sharing with you about the armor of God, so that you know that the armor of God is not the armor of man. Right? Everything that I have preached with you, to you about the past couple of weeks, I hope you know that none of that is found in you. Does that make sense? We're called to put on the belt of truth, which is God's truth. We're called to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is right living, and right living comes through the power of Jesus in our life. We're called uh, to have our shoes of the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. We're called to have the shield of faith, which is faith in Jesus. We're called to put on the salvation helmet, which is salvation comes through Jesus. And we're called to have the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Every piece of this armor is not from us, but it's from God alone and his son, Jesus. Verse 18 is what activates all that stuff. Verse 18 is what gets it started. Verse 18 is what gives us the power and the strength to be able to put on the armor of God. Verse 18 is where our truth comes from. Verse 18 is where the shield of faith comes from. Verse 18 is where how we get into the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 activates your armor. You can put on the breastplate, the belt, the helmet, the shoes. You can pick up the sword and the shield and it won't do you no good without verse 18. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's great, but without verse 18, all you're doing is adding weight on your body. And if you're like me, that's the last thing you want to do in your life right now. Amen. <laughs> you don't have to say amen. I'll say it. Amen. Verse 18 says this. Let's read verse 18 again. Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The other pieces of armor is our armor. Prayer, my friends, is our secret weapon. Okay, the other pieces, everything except the sword is a defensive piece that helps block the enemy's attacks on us. How do we attack the enemy back? We attack the enemy back with our sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, what we talked about last week, and we attack back through praying for our brothers and sisters. Prayer is our secret weapon that God gives us, you and me as believers, as sons and daughters, so that we can attack the enemy back. Um, I read this quote about prayer this week, and it says this. Prayer is the single greatest force ever unleashed on the earth. It It is the single most powerful weapon at the believer's disposal. This world may find a way to close churches and to take away Bibles, but no one will ever be able to stop the power of God's people calling on the Lord's name. I hope you know this morning that the most important thing, the best way, the only way that you can fight back when the enemy attacks you is found in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and through prayer. Prayer activates our armor prayer gives us the ability and the strength and the wisdom from God in heaven to be able to fight back in in the battle with the enemy the only thing that can stop the power of prayer in your life today is you the only thing that hinders the power of prayer is you Paul says put on these pieces of armor then he also says, don't forget to pray. He's telling you, he's telling me, don't forget to pray. There's uh, three instructions we want to talk about here real quickly this morning. And then we're going to practice what we're preaching. But Before we do that, three instructions that Paul gives us here on prayer. Number one, Paul says to pray on all occasions. Pray on all occasions. We are to pray at all times. One of the reasons I hear from people that they don't pray, um, that they don't activate their spiritual armor through prayer, is because uh, they're too busy. You ever been there? Anybody been busy this past week? Anybody going to be busy for the next month? (laughs) Anybody with little kids going to be busy for the next 18 years? Y'all just wait. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Y'all, our week is crazy. Mondays, TJ has taekwondo and basketball practice. Oh, time out. I told you I'm coaching TJ's basketball team. told you about this little boy and his grandma, Ida, who I threatened to whip his tail. And Kelly said, you can't tell kids that. Well, we had practice last week. This kid was acting the exact same, the exact same. His grandma came up to me after practice. Lovely lady, lovely lady. She said, she said, Co- Coach, and they have a, like a 70-year-old woman call me Coach. It's hilarious, I think. she come up. She said, Coach? I said, Yes, ma'am. She said, I'm so sorry that he's so hard-headed. I said, It's fine. You know, it happens. Um, she said, I have custody, me and my husband. We have custody over him. And she went into some details about his mom and dad. don't matter. Uh, she said, We have custody over him. She said, I'm too old for this. And I'm thinking, I'm too old for this, too. <laughs> like, we're in the same boat, right? Um, uh, I said, listen, Ida, you're doing a wonderful job. You're doing excellent. You're doing really good. I said, I appreciate you bringing him here for practice. You're doing good. She said, I take him everywhere. So I take him to Boy Scouts. I take him to basketball practice. I take him to school. I take him everywhere. I said, have you ever thought about taking him to church? And she said, oh, we go to church. And going off the past hour that we just went through from basketball practice, I said, maybe you need to find a different church. So I told Kelly this, right? She said, "Michael, you cannot say that." I said, "Well, I said it." She said, "You can't say that to kids." I said, "Kelly, they said they went to church. That's good." She said, "Yeah, but you told them to go to a different church." I said, "I didn't mean it. Right? Like I didn't mean it. I mean, if it would help, I think they should go to a different church." <laughs> that boy's wild, and I love it. So our week is bi- Mondays. We have Taekwondo from five to six. We have basketball practice from six. We have Taekwondo from 5 to 6. We have basketball practice from 7 to 8. Then we got to go home, get a shower, read a book, and go to bed. Tuesdays, we have Taekwondo from 5 to 6. Wednesdays, we have basketball practice from 6 to 7. Thursdays, we have band practice going on here when Callie is playing the piano. Fridays... We ain't got nothing going on on Friday evenings. Saturdays, Saturdays are kind of like my sacred Saturdays. I keep my Saturdays as protected as possible so that I have time to be here by myself, to think, to pray, to read, uh, to process, all that kind of good stuff. Then Sundays, I'm here with you guys. Our week is crazy. Those of you that have older kids now, you know exactly what I'm talking about back in the day. Those of you with younger kids, younger than mine, you will find out. You better get a calendar and start scheduling, start writing stuff down. You will find out. Um, We're all busy. Amen. Everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's got places to go, things to do, people to see. Everybody is busy, especially this type of year. What happens is when those, those seasons of our life where we're struggling, we're running around, we're trying to go fast-paced, we're going here, there, here, there, here, there, we can forget. We can replace a prayer time with riding to basketball practice. We can replace a prayer time with sitting at the Taekwondo place while TJ is out there kicking and screaming and hi-ya and everybody. Right. We can use the too busy, we can use those other things as a reason or to replace time that we should be spending in prayer. Paul tells us here... Paul encourages here to pray on all occasions. And I want to encourage you today that if you are too busy to pray, we need to change our perspective of prayer. Because if we believe, as I just talked about for the last seven minutes, that prayer is what activates the spiritual armor in my life. Prayer is where I receive power. Prayer is where I receive strength. Prayer is where I receive wisdom. Prayer is where I receive guidance. If that is you this morning, I want to encourage you that you're not too busy to pray. Maybe if we change our perspective and realize that we're too busy not to pray. Amen? I got a lot going on, so I've got to pray more. I've got stuff going on with this little boy and Grandma Ida, and I've tested my patience and testing my attitude. That's not a reason for me not to pray. That's a reason for me to pray even more, right? Does that make sense? Patience ain't going to come from me myself. It's going to come from God to me through prayer. I want to encourage you to change your perspective there in your busy times where you're not too busy to pray. No, you're too busy not to pray. We need the Lord to help us in those times. Paul tells us here to pray on all occasions. So if you ever have to ask yourself, should I pray about this? The answer is yes. When should I pray? The answer is yes. Where should I pray? The answer is yes. Why should I pray? The answer is yes. We see this uh, modeled for us in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms chapter 4, we see David prayed before the end of his day. Psalm chapter 5, we see that David prayed to start his day. Psalm chapter 6, David prayed after a failure. Psalm chapter 7, David prayed when he was under attack. Chapter 8, David prayed when he thought about God's creation. Psalm 9, David prayed when he was joyful. Psalm 10, David prayed when he was isolated. I don't care what the situation is. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Should you pray, the answer is yes. Paul says to pray on all occasions. If your busy schedule is keeping you from praying to the Lord, can I encourage you to change your perspective? You're not too busy to pray. We're too busy not to pray. When you're driving home from work in the afternoons, pray. When you're sitting in line at Chick-fil-A, and sometimes that line can be long, amen, but they do a good job. They run you through quick. Pray. When you're getting home from a terrible day, pray. When you're getting home from the best day of your life, pray. When you're in the middle of the best day of your life, pray. When you're in the middle of a normal Tuesday, nothing great, nothing bad going on, pray. You're pumping gas, pray. When you're broken, you're beaten, you're hurt, pray. When you're joyful, when you're celebrating, pray. The only thing that's stopping the power of prayer working in your life is you. Is you. There's nothing else. It's not your schedule. It's not not the government. It's not the school system. They want to put prayer back in schools. Prayer never left because believers never left. The only thing that stops prayer in schools today is people not praying in schools today. The only thing stopping prayer from being at your job is people not praying at your job. The only thing stopping prayer in your family today is the family not praying. You're not too busy to pray. We're too busy not to pray. Amen? Amen? All right, y'all. Number two, not only are we to pray all at all times, Paul encourages here in verse 18, to pray all types of prayers. He says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Um, another reason that I hear from people the reason they don't pray is because they don't know what to say. You ever been there? I have. You can be honest, I've been there. You just don't know what to say. Or maybe you say the same thing kind of over and over and it gets kind of redundant and like, I really need to say this again. Uh, Does God really want to hear this again? You just don't know what to say. Paul is saying here, pray at all times, and also pray all kinds of prayers. Anything that you pray is a good prayer. Anytime your heart connects with the Lord through communication, it's a good prayer. We can pray a prayer of thankfulness. We can pray a prayer of forgiveness. We can pray a prayer of blessing. We can pray a prayer asking God to help me, asking God to help you. We can pray a prayer of healing. We can pray a prayer of leading and guidance. It doesn't matter what the prayer is. Paul says, pray at all times and pray all types of prayers. If you are the type of person like me who struggles with knowing what to say, let me help you out. Let me show you a little something that we have for you here today. Y'all, you don't need a computer and a keyboard when you got a four-foot whiteboard. Does anybody else love whiteboards? I bet over the past three years I've bought 10 different types of whiteboards. I bought this one. I've got three in my office hanging up on the walls. I've got two in my office sitting down on the floor that I just haven't hung up because I don't have any more wall space for them. Um, I love whiteboards. Love it so much. Paul says here to pray on all occasions and to pray all kinds of prayers. Let me kind of give you an acrostic of what to pray. This is the Acts prayer. A, when you are praying, if you don't know what to say, let me help you out. Let's start out with a little adoration. oration. Our prayers if we start our prayers out with simply thanking God for who he is, with simply proclaiming. Remember we, last week we talked about proclaiming God's word, the word of God in Ephesians 6 means rema, which is the spoken word of God. It's God's word spoken to you, for, uh, to you, for you and from you. How about we start out some prayers? We start out our prayer time speaking God's word. Lord, thank you for being a great God. Thank you for being a God that heals. Thank you for being a God that loves. Thank you for being a God that never leaves. Thank you for being a God that never changes. Thank you for being a God that you would send your only son to this place for me and for everyone so that we may live forever. Just simply adoring God. Just simply proclaiming God goodness in your prayer life what a better way to start your morning than simply proclaiming God's word some of your mornings start different than mine, mine starts different than yours but how would your day look I wonder if all of us started with a little adoration that alarm clock goes off early and you're thinking oh this stinks. I didn't go to bed until 12 o'clock. Maybe I had to get up and feed the baby at 2 o'clock. Maybe your other kid didn't get home till 1.30. And you're like, know, oh, now it's 5.30. This day is going to be terrible. What if we woke up in the morning and started our day with, today's the day the Lord's made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. The Lord woke me up this morning. No matter what comes against me, no matter what forms against me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength today. I can even wake up out of this bed, even though I've only been asleep for four hours. I can get up today because the Lord is with me. The Lord will never leave me. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, let's adore Jesus today. Can I challenge you to start your prayers with adoration? Once we get adoration, we move on to confession. Confession. This is where we simply are honest with God. If there's ever a time where we should be honest with the Lord, it's in prayer. Amen? I hope you know today that you can't even start your Christian life without being honest with the Lord in prayer. The Christian life, your salvation, begins with your confession of sin and your proclamation that He is Lord in your life. The Christian life begins with confession through prayer. Also, side note, I think that confession is good in our human relationships as well. There's nothing better when there's division between two people, two families, Maybe you, maybe you had some division at your family get-together this past weekend. There's nothing better. There's nothing that will heal that relationship better. There's nothing that will heal your relationship with the Lord better than simply confession with honesty. Tell the Lord how you're feeling. Tell Him you're upset. Tell Him you're mad. Tell Him you're jealous. Tell Him you don't understand. Tell Him you're ticked off. Simply be honest in prayer. Simply tell the Lord what's on your heart. T stands for thanksgiving. We go from adoration, we go from confession to thanksgiving. I always tell people when they tell me they don't know what to pray about, you thank God for what you got. That's the most basic prayer that we can, we can have in our life is to simply thank God for what we got. Not only thank God for the blessings, but thank God for the way he has worked in our lives in the past. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then a big churchy word called supplication. Supplication. All that means is this is where we present our needs to the Lord. This is the time where we tell God what we need. We tell God about the needs of other people in our life. This is where we pray for healing. We pray for guidance. We pray for leading. We pray that God will meet a need. This is what supplication is. We don't that's not all we pray for. We also want to confess. We also want to adore. We also want to give thanks. But the Lord is here for us. The Lord is the one that takes care of us, and that happens through prayer. Paul calls us to pray on all occasions and to pray um, all types of prayers. And then finally, he calls us to pray all together. He calls us to pray all together. He tells us here that we have two allies. We have two teammates in our prayer life. Number one, he says pray for all the believers. If every believer prays for all the believers, guess what? You're being prayed for today. Amen? You have a teammate. You have an ally in your prayer life in other believers. Please know today, I need your prayers. I need them. I covet them. I want them. I need them. And if you know it or not, you need mine. You need the prayers of the people sitting beside of you. About, let's see, year 2000, so 21 years ago, almost 22 years ago, uh, I was 18, I had a full head of hair, and I could run four miles with barely even breathing hard. Those were the good days. Right, Barrett? (laughs) Right. Um, I did not grow up going to a church. We may pop in on Easter or Mother's Day or something, but that was about it. Uh, Then I met a guy named Scott. Scott was a youth pastor in Denton. Uh, Scott told me one day, he said, I'm going to pray for you. I said, okay, I don't care. Pray on, my man. Um, Scott was a nice guy. I love Scott, real nice guy. He said, I'm going to pray for you. I said, go ahead. Uh, I believe today, 21 years later, that it's because of Scott's prayers for me, 21 years ago, that I am standing here in front of you today. I know for a fact that 21 years later, Scott is still praying for me today, because I talk to him, and he tells me, and he prays for me on the phone all the time. You need prayers in your life. You need people praying for you. One of the biggest hindrances of having other people pray for you is that of pride. We don't want to ask people to pray for us. I'm not saying you have to tell everybody what's going on in your life and what's going on in your family. No, no, no. But what we do need to do is humble ourselves enough to be able to seek help and to ask people to simply pray for us. Paul tells us to pray for all believers. He tells all believers to pray for all believers. Please know today that yesterday while I was driving back from the beach, you were prayed for. You were prayed for yesterday. You have been prayed for this morning. Some of you have gone through some valleys and gone through some struggles over the past couple of months and past couple of years. You have shared those with us. Our family have been praying for you. TJ, at his night-night prayers, every single night, he prays for many of your prayer requests that you have sent to us at the church. You are being prayed for. And can I also challenge you to pay it back? Paul calls all believers to pray for all believers. I need your prayers. The person beside of you needs your prayers. They need you praying for them. We have to be teammates. We have to be allies. We are in this together. Remember the shield of faith deal had hooks on the shield of faith so you could hook your shield to the other person so you could protect each other together. Three people can protect three people much better than one person can protect one person. The same is true in our prayer life. Three people praying for one, three people praying for three is much better than one praying for one. We have allies in our prayer life. The second ally we have, the second teammate, that we have is the Holy Spirit himself. Paul writes this in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit inter- intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's Will know today that the Holy Spirit Himself is praying for you. Know today that the Spirit Himself is interceding on your behalf in words that we can't even understand in groans. Paul says, On your behalf to God the Father, we have people, we have teammates. We have allies praying with us. I really believe today that if we understood, one, the power of prayer, two, that we have people praying for us, three, that the Spirit is interceding on our behalf, that it completely change our perspective of prayer. No longer will prayer be a thing that we'll get to when we get to. No. Prayer is vital to our life. I have to have it. It's like the water we drink. It's like the food we eat. Without it, we're nothing. Without it, we have no strength. Without it, we have no wisdom. Without it, we have no guidance. Prayer is the lifeline of our Christian life. Paul calls us here to put on the belt of truth, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, to pick up our shield of faith, to pick up the helmet of salvation and to pick up the sword of the spirit and then he says to activate it to make it work pray talk to the father talk to dad let dad know what you're thinking let dad know how you're feeling so i think today would be i would be uh in malpractice <laughs> being a preacher of being a pastor. I don't even like the word preacher. I mean, it's like I get it. It's fine. But like, you know what I'm saying. I don't like it when people introduce me as my preacher. No, I'm Michael. <laughs> you can introduce me as Michael. Like, I get it. Respect. Like, I, I get it, and I love it. I, I really do. Um, but you can say, hey, you know, this is, this is Michael. Whatever. It's cool. Um, the reason I don't like being classified Um, as a pastor or preacher, is because I don't want people to act different around me than what they would if they did not know that I was a preacher. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got my boys at home. They know me. They act the same either way, right? They're going to do what they do whether I'm there or not, right? And I appreciate that. I really do. I don't do what they do with them, and they know that, and they appreciate that. But I don't want people to act different around me just because, oh, he's a preacher. I'm not supposed to say this. I can't, I, can't, I can't do that. No, you do what you want to. Do you, boo-boo. I'm going to do me, right? Right? Do what you do. I'm going to do what I do. I don't want you to change the way you act because of me. You change the way you act because the Lord wants you to change the way you act. Right? Because the Word, we talked about this last week, because the graphe, the Word, has become logos, has become in your heart, and it has changed. God has spoken to you. Now, I may try to help you out through prayer, Right? I may try to help you out through praying for you, but don't change what you do just because of me. Anyway, I feel like I would not be doing my job today if if we didn't take what we learned today and put it into practice. So we want to do two things. Number one, I want you to be praying today. I want you to walk out of these doors in a few minutes. I want this to become a part of your life. I, I just want to speak for me. I need you to be praying. Our church needs you to be praying. The person beside of you needs you to be praying. And number two, we want to pray while you are here right now in this very place. So what we're going to do, uh, if you have a prayer need, if you have a need in your life today, that you simply want someone, you want us as a church family, as your brothers and sisters to pray for you. Raise your hand. We want to pray for you. All right. Here's what I want to do. Everybody look around. Look at the hands. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Everybody look around. If you do not have your hand up, go stand within six feet of somebody who does have their hand up. Get up! Go stand within six feet of someone who does have their hand up. Not with, not closer than six feet. More than six feet. Come on, y'all. All right, everybody, put your hands back up again. All right, all right, all right, all right. Bear, stand there beside Juan, my man, my man. All right, there, there. You guys there. We got back here. Beth, Beth, turn around. Get them ladies behind you. Yes. Yes. You guys, you guys come back here. Go back there with Robert. Go back there with Robert. Robert, go back there with Robert. Yes. Scarlett, do you have your hand up? Heather, go back there with Scarlett. All right. All right. All right, y'all, no touch, no physical touch. Oh, law, Ed. (laughs) Ed don't care about no CDC. (laughs) All right, we're going to pray. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. Um, I want you praying along with me. Um, Prayer is not an individual sport. I need you to be praying along with me. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we want to take some time to simply thank you for you being you. God, thank you for being a God that loves. God, thank you for being a God that redeems. God, thank you for being a God that recognizes a problem and sends a way for us for the problem to be met. God, you are worthy of our praise, you are worthy of our worship, you are worthy of our words, you are worthy of our prayers, because you are the God of the heavens, you're the King of kings, you're the Lord of lords. God, you are more than enough for all of our needs, all of our wants, all of our struggles, all of our pain today. Lord, thank you for you being who you are. God, we come confessing that there are times in our life where the pain gets too much, where the struggle is too hard, where the valley is too deep. God, we come confessing there are times in our life when our priorities are messed up, where our priorities are not biblical, when our priorities are not godly. So God, we pray now that you would forgive us. God, we pray now that you would move in our life. We pray now that you would you would speak to our hearts. We pray now that you would change our hearts to help us to know who you are, what you have done for us, and help us to know the power of prayer in our life. God, thank you so much for These people that are represented here, God, thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their souls. Thank you for their families. God, thank you for the new family members that we have. God, we thank you for Ashlyn and for Rory and for Nathaniel. God, thank you for these babies. When we look at these babies, Lord, I think about your blessings. I think about your word in Psalm 27 that says, children, that kids are a gift from the Lord. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your forgiveness. Thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you so much for you being who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, today I pray for my brothers and for my sisters. Lord, you know the needs of their heart. You know what it is That the struggle is, you know what it is that they lack, you know what it is that's weighing heavy in their life today. So God, I pray today that you will do what only you can do. God, I pray that we will get out of the way and let you do what you do. God, help us to know today that you are more than enough. God, help us to know today that you are the great provider. Help us to know today that you are what was provided. Everything that we need today, Lord, is found in your Son, Jesus. So, God, we pray today, whether it's a family need, an emotional need, a physical need, a financial need, a business need, a a relational need. Lord, we pray today that we will find the answer, we will find the provision, we will find the need being met in Jesus Christ, in the power of the resurrected Savior of the world, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for hearts to be mended. We pray for relationships to be brought back together. We pray for families to be brought back together. We pray for financial needs to be met. We pray for physical healing. Lord, meet needs as only you can in this place today. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being a God that loves. Thank you for being a God that cares. Thank you for being a God that is with us today. Your word says that you will be with us until the end of time. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for you being who you are and what you have done for us today. God, we love you. We love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all, let's, uh, let's give God praise right now. One more thing. Come on up, y'all. One more thing. Um, prayer is not a one-time deal. Prayer is something that we do over and over and over. We get better at it. We get more comfortable with it. The more we do it, the better we become at it. Now, listen, listen. The more you do it will not urge God to meet your need any faster or any different, right? Does that make sense? You realize today that prayers answered from heaven were already going to be answered in heaven, God's just bringing them down to earth. Does that make sense? When we ask God for healing and we ask God to meet a need and that need is met on earth, that need was already met in heaven, prayer just activates what God has already done in heaven here on earth. Amen? So what you prayed for today, don't let this time be the last time that it is prayed for. The people you prayed for today, don't let this time be the last time that you pray for them. Can we make that commitment together? Amen? Let's stand together. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. Go ahead, Alex.